launched Enzyme back, let's see, just about a year ago, kind of in Stealth 2018 really came to market. Now about 21 customers paying, call it 50,000 bucks in terms of ACV each. Uh, that's about, you know, about a million bucks in run rate today, up from just 1500 bucks a month a year ago. So healthy growth there, obviously small numbers, but still healthy growth. Uh, hoping to get closer, they're flowing with break even right now. They've raised about 3 million bucks all in a safe, hoping to do a price down here soon to grow their enterprise sales force. Currently eight people really tech heavy in San Fran and other remote locations. No churn yet, too early to talk about CAC and things like payback period, but they are obviously looking to scale. Jared, thank you again so much for taking it. Oh, by the way, I should also put in the summary, again, helping medical device companies get to market and get their products to market faster and then also stay compliant. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Jared Seehofer. He is the CEO and co-founder of Enzyme, a software company that automates life science, regulatory approval, and compliance. He's a 12-year veteran of the medical device and biopharma industries, having worked or consulted at organizations ranging from Amgen, Abbott, and Medtronic to SeedSage startups. Jared, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. All right. Complex space here. Help us understand what you do and how you make money. Sure thing. So uh, if you are a company making uh, life science technology, this is going to be drug, medical device, diagnostic, something like an MRI, a pill, anything that is used in the practice of medicine besides a doctor uh, or a nurse kind of rendering professional judgment, uh, there's a complex regulatory pathway you have to go through, and it's different for every country. In the United States, uh, that's the FDA. Most people are familiar with that, but every every geography has its own version of the FDA. On the market, you have to go through a number of complex regulatory processes. These are steps you have to do where you essentially present a case to the government uh, as to why your product is, uh, quote, safe and effective. It both is safe to the to user for its use, and it's also going to do what you say it's going to do, so you can't sell snake oil. And uh, that's it's a it's a complex process. And if you're a large company, uh, you generally just hire an army of people who are expert in doing this process. It's a whole uh, professional organization with its own, um, you know, its own uh, career path. Uh-huh. But if you're a smaller organization, that could be very challenging because it's expensive. And so if you're a little startup, you've got this great new product, great new idea, you, you want to see it. Uh, you're you're talking of spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in addition to the development cost of your product for your product to ever see the light of day. And so what we're trying to do at Enzyme is to use software to radically simplify the amount of human labor that goes into making all of this documentation that the government needs to say yes or no. Okay. And pricing model, is it pure place ass or? Exactly. Yeah. So we, we have a, they're essentially uh, an ongoing SaaS relationship with our customers, sometimes with some add-on services, depending what they need. Do they need a human voice in front of FDA, that kind of thing? But it's generally a SaaS product. Yep. Okay. And help me understand, I mean, generally speaking, are we talking people paying you a grand a month or 10 grand a month or a million a month? What scale are you playing at? Yeah. So it's uh, anywhere, depending on company size, from a five-figure to a seven-figure a year type of situation. And we, we try to bias it based on company size, number of products they're doing, uh, et cetera, so that we're offering something that is not only delivering kind of price relative to value, but is also something very achievable and represents a cost savings for wherever you are. So mm-hmm. if you know if you're a small company, you'd be spending you know six figures in labor on this. We're trying to get under that. If you're a large company, it's a huge expenditure. Give me just because we don't have enough time to go on every cohort. Give me the sweet spot. I mean, is is fifty thousand bucks a year? I mean, is that a fair kind of sweet spot target for you? If you were doing a garage startup, that would be exactly it. Yep. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Good. And then put this on a, on a timeline for us. When did you launch the company? What year? 
so we we uh we were in sort of quasi stealth oh i hate the term in 20 um in 2017 launched the company earlier this year in 2018 q1 okay 2018 launched the company and i mean so why get by the way why get into this space this is like many people would say boring and it's like the government yep. and hipaa and not yep. fun i mean why get into this so it's a personal pain for me because I uh, spent my career actually being a biomedical engineer. So my background is in very, very complicated uh, uh, medical devices that treat neurological disorders. Uh, did graduate work in doing deep brain stimulation for Parkinson's disease. I tell your listener base, if you ever want to see a miracle uh, in real life, go YouTube or Google DBS, that's uh, D-B-S, deep brain stimulation for Parkinson's, and you'll watch something that you do not believe. Someone it's literally doing tremors. They cannot move. Someone flicks a switch and all of a sudden they walk as if they have no problem. So I got into this space really wanting to uh, use technology to transform people's lives uh, and their health. And what I found is being an engineer um, that it would take forever to get your products on the market. And it was very expensive. And you saw a lot of failures that weren't necessarily related to whether the product was any good or not or did what you said. And so I'm trying to essentially scratch my own itch. I'm trying to solve and uh, solve problems and, and uh, create the kind of uh, software that I wish I had had as someone building life-saving technology. Yep, yep. Okay, very good. So kind of stealth last year, you launched this year. What have you scaled to today in terms of total customers using the platform? So we've got 21 companies that are using the platform in production of various sizes, everything from sort of, you know, product teams to large organizations, enterprise organizations to, like I said, kind of a garage startup. Okay. And 21 paying a $50,000 ACV, that puts you right at that nice million dollar run rate. I mean, have you guys passed that at this point? Uh, yeah, we're right around there. Yep. That's great. Congratulations. And a year ago, nothing, right? Uh, a year ago, we were doing essentially very... Uh, uh, you know, small amount kind of early adopter. Yeah. What are you I mean, talking was, like five grand a month? Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. You were talking, um, not even like 15, 20. Yeah. <laughs> hundred. Yeah. 20. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very good. All right. And how did you, I mean, walk me through how you landed the first customer. So it was, it was actually tw- quite by, uh, random, um, uh, chance, uh, is, was in, uh, I just kind of started working on the product as a product as a side project for my consulting business and uh, went to on a lark uh, Jason Calacanis's launch um, one of the launch events in San Francisco here and I'm just kind of walking around the uh, the little stalls and uh, just looking at interesting biological products and I, we found one and uh, it was one of these things where I was asking just asking questions and it turned out the CEO of the company. He's like, you seem to know a lot about this. What do you do for a living? And I, you know, mentioned we started the company. He's like, it just so happens we've had this problem. We've been going through consultants. You know, we, uh, you know, we we hate dealing with them. They're way too expensive. Not a whole lot of value. I love a software based solution. Let's go demo the product. And the <laughs> my heart kind of stopped. It was like, oh, this is all this right is at the launch event. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's this great. Happened all basically, sort of, in the space of fifteen minutes. Um, had the demo, the product was a total mess, but it was it was doing enough that they found it valuable and, and we've been working with it ever since. Interesting. Talk to me about how you've capitalized the company. So have you bootstrapped or raised capital? We went through uh, the Y Combinator Accelerator, uh, you know, did a small friends and family round, uh, kind of just when I was just getting started, um, then went, went through YC and then raised uh, a seed stage round of capital. Um, you know, through various VCs that are kind of in that, at that cohort, uh, right after YC. So all in today, what a million, two million, something like that. couple million. Yeah. A couple million. Okay. Very good. Um, you've, I assume you've done a price run at this point, right? Or is it all still debt convertible? Inverts? 
Uh, so the standard out here these days is just uh, is the sort of safe. Uh, safe type of model. So we've been following that. Yeah. Okay, so you haven't you haven't all the all the couple million has been all on the safe. You haven't raised a price round yet. Right. Okay. Very good. And help me understand kind of what you've scaled team to. How many people? Yeah. So we've got uh, eight, eight people on staff here, and we've got various um, kind of mix of developers and sort of regulatory experts. All in San Fran. Yeah, no, we do a mix of SF and remote. I basically kind of found like a lot of, uh, we found a lot of entrepreneurs out here. It's just that the cost of living situation has sort of made it advantageous to really try to make a, a, a quasi-remote organization from the ground up. Yeah. Have you been able to dial in yet some of the other economics around, you know, driving customer growth related to like, you know, churn, expansion revenue, CAC, or is it really too early? Your, your cohort's too small. Well, so for the nature of our business is such that uh, we don't really see churn. Churn for us is is a customer getting bought or acquired, and so. Well, what about once it's approved? What if your thing works? And it, what if your thing works? And it, and my thing gets approved. Why do I still need you? Ah, because it's it's actually that's a very good question. Um, most people think of these things as binary, and re- and in fact, what we're you know or event driven. So my product gets approved. I don't need an FDA person anymore. What most people don't realize about life science regulations is pervasive throughout the life of the company. So think of it a little bit like event driven, but also something like financial re- regulation or or HIPAA, where there are all these rules around how you manage data and make decisions at a company that are every day for the life of your business. A ton of business process regulation. Okay. So um, what what the what the approval process is is a summation of this sort of data set over the last you know six to twelve or eighteen months, the life of your product development. But it keeps going on, and in addition to the approvals, you get audited every couple years um, and you get audited whether you've had zero new products one new product and new products doesn't matter so the kind of thing for us is it's not when we kind of take on customers it's sort of the um it's a, almost for the life of the company you're, ma- you're making a big decision in terms of using us to solve this big core problem that you have as an entrepreneur got it got it uh, you get approval side, and then there's touch points yep but yeah the flip side of that is that churn for us is like not it's not a thing that we really have to worry about yeah, well, well. In all fairness, too, I mean, you haven't had a history yet where there would even really be a chance for a turn, right? So, so none yet. It sounds like at this point. What about acquisition? So, to get a new fifty thousand dollars ACV account, do you know what you're willing to spend to get that? Well, not enough of not enough data to really understand that. Uh, yeah. I don't really understand that yet, just because of what we're doing is fairly novel, and so we've gotten a lot of growth just from word of mouth. Um, uh, the, the the cohort of entrepreneurs that's in this space because they have very kind of particular demands tend to know each other. And so there's often kind of a question, well, how are you solve this problem? It's a problem everyone has. And so our name has sort of percolated throughout that community over the course of the last year. Does YC, so I think I'll have a better answer to that. Yeah, in the future. Yeah, sorry. Does does YC teach you guys to try and drive to cash flow positive before you go out and do a priced round? Does YC? Not really. So what Y, I mean, YC is saying, if you've got that, that's, you know, you know, uh, couldn't one of the things going to make real an investor ears perk up, but no, why? I mean, I think YC is, you know, what, what, what is going to be best for the overall business? If you try to do things that are going to make you cash flow positive, but then you're going to fall flat on your face. That's not very helpful for anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, I mean, you put it very black and white there, but there's an in-between there. Is to, there I mean, there's an in-between ground where you can do both, right? You can, you can be profitable and not fall flat on your face. Um, I mean, the reason so, I ask, the reason I ask is you have eight people and you have a million dollar run rate. I mean, you could actually be profitable cash flow positive right now, even though you raised three million bucks. I mean, so the reason I was, what I was going to ask is like, if you are burning money, where, where are you burning it? It's, it doesn't look like its headcount. 
No, I mean, so where we are going to be burning money is going to be as we sort of drive from, uh, you know, transitioning the company to something that's serving these small organizations to larger enterprises going to necessitate an enterprise sales force. And so we're kind of about to go on a talent acquisition spree, which is going to drive up burn and then necessitate a Got capital it. raise. Are, are you cash flow positive today? Not quite, but close. Really close. Very good. All right, Jared, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Oh, what's, what's my favorite? I would say The Essential Drucker. Uh, that was something that really informed me. It's basically a collection of all of Peter Drucker's, uh, you know, most famous management essays. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, is there a CEO I'm following or studying right now? Um, I'm studying right now. I would just say, because I, I, I'm just so inspired by him, it's kind of a tried answer, but a long. Yep. Number uh, three, what's your favorite online tool for building the company? Um, we are big Slack fans. I, I, I think Slack's one of these things that gets a bad rap, but I think if you tune it very well, it's been essential to us in kind of keeping, uh, you know, keeping a quasi remote org. How many hours of sleep are you getting every night? <laughs> I love this question. <laughs> Listen, uh, I, I ask because I don't want my audience following a CEO who's doing a hundred million in revenue, getting three hours of sleep, who's divorced with four kids. <laughs> Yeah, I would say uh, on a bad day, it's six on a good day, seven. Okay, that's that pretty fair. That's six good. Seven. And situation married single kids. Uh, I've got a girlfriend. Okay, so not married yet. No kids. No kids. Uh, I, I don't know how I have a lot of respect for entrepreneurs who can do seat stage with kids. I yeah. have some friends that do it. I don't know how. And how old are you, Jared? I'm 33. 33. Last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? <sighs> don't be. Uh, I would say start earlier. So there was this thing where I've had this idea percolating in my mind for ever since I started in my career. And I always was thinking, why isn't anyone doing this? Why isn't anyone doing this? Why isn't anyone doing this? And I got, eventually I just got fed up enough that I was, I'm going to go do it. Um, I think I I, I would kick myself a little bit and say, you you could, you could probably start three or four years before you did and, and um, have just, you know, that timeline would, would have been shifted up. Yep, guys, so if, if start earlier. About, yeah. Guys, I have from Jared again, start earlier, launched Enzyme back, let's see, just about a year ago, cut out in stealth. 2018 really came to market. Now about 21 customers paying, call it 50,000 bucks in terms of ACV each. Uh, that's about, you know, about a million bucks in run rate today, up from just 1,500 bucks a month a year ago. So healthy growth there, obviously small numbers, but still healthy growth. Uh, hoping to get closer. They're flowing with break even right now. They've raised about 3 million bucks, all in a safe. Hoping to do a price down here soon to grow their enterprise sales force. Currently, eight people really tech heavy in San Fran and other remote locations. No churn yet. Too early to talk about CAC and things like payback period, but they are obviously looking to scale. Jared, thank you again so much for taking. Oh, by the way, I should also put in the summary again, helping medical device companies get to market and get their products to market faster and then also stay compliant. Jared, thank you for taking us to the top.